Well, hello everyone and good morning. Welcome to Crossroads Community Church. Who's having a good morning? Anyone having a good morning yet? If not, hopefully it gets a little better. Okay, let's see. Uh, my name is Cooper Young. I get to serve as the uh, associate pastor here on the team at Crossroads. And so uh, that's kind of a fun little uh, change in the past two weeks. Uh, we are so glad that you could all be joining us this morning. I want to say hello to everyone joining us online, uh, YouTube, Facebook, all of our friends at the Madison County Correctional Facility. We love all of you and we are so glad. Uh, that you could be joining us as well. And uh, if it's your first time with us, whether in the room or online, uh, welcome, a very special welcome to you. We hope that you feel very loved and welcomed here at Crossroads. And I also hope that everyone takes advantage of a lot of the fun things that we have coming up uh, here at Crossroads in the new year. And so uh, th there's a lot of fun activities to take advantage of. And so uh, speaking of fun, does anyone like having it? Anyone like having fun? Anyone fun people? Some people are like, like, no, that's not true, okay? Because I saw all of you last week having the time of your lives making a storm in a sanctuary, okay? If you were here last week, you guys were going nuts. I, I was surprised how much fun people were having. I think you were surprised with how much fun you were having making a storm in a church sanctuary. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, but having fun, having fun, if I can just be really honest with you for a second, okay? I think that having fun is really fun. I think it's a good time. Maybe you agree, maybe you don't. Um, but I just, I think fun is a good thing. Uh, I'll let you get to know me a little bit better for a second. Sometimes uh, I think of myself as kind of like a mushroom, right? Because because I really feel like I, I try to be a fun guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, someone beat me too. That's, if, yep, yeah, okay, I lost. That's okay. Yes, um, Beat me to it. That's, that's not a big deal. But I do. Uh, I love to have fun. I love to laugh. I love playing games. Anyone like playing games? Anyone at all, right? I mean, the holidays is typically a time when people break out the games, board games, uh, card games, video games. And uh, I just, I love playing games with other people, right? I mean, it's the best. Now, when I was a sophomore in college, me and some other uh, Young Life leaders, we would get together at a Brugger's every Tuesday morning. It was the Brugger's on Nottingham, right by Syracuse University. Okay, this was like the highlight of my week. We would get together. We would like do a little Bible study for maybe like 10 minutes. And then we would play a different board game every single week. It was awesome, okay? Okay? You guys are like, he's a nerd. I don't care. It was really fun. Okay, We called it Board Games in Jesus, and it was the best. Okay, It was like a highlight of college for me. It was super fun. And uh, if anyone wants to start that back up with me, please see me in the lobby afterwards. I'd love to get it going. There's actually there's this new uh, cute coffee shop in Chittenango. Uh, it's called Serendipity Cafe. Uh, I would love we could do it there. It's open every day, right? So uh, weekday, 6.30 to 5, and weekends, 8 to 3. But who's asking? No one. Okay, so... So maybe we could do it there. I don't know. That might not, but it's okay. Uh, that's just the word I heard on Genesee Street. You know what I mean? Like that's what people are talking about. So anyways, oh, okay. So I love games and I wanted to bring one to like share with you all today, but games can be sometimes hard to, to set up. And so I, I didn't bring like a board game. I brought a card game. Okay. And so uh, what is, what is this right here? Anyone know what this is? Dose, right? Or yeah, Uno, Uno. Yes, it's Uno. See, yes, it's Uno. We all see it. It's a good thing. Great. Now, uh, now, when you're playing Uno, does anyone have like a favorite card they like to play? Okay, whoops, <laughs> people do. And so we'll talk about that. Um, we'll talk about that. And so, yeah, maybe you do have a favorite card you like to play. Maybe some people, they have a lucky number, right? Or they have like a favorite color. Um, some people are less nice and they don't like to include everyone all the time. So maybe you like the skip card. Any skip people out there? You know who you are. Great job. Uh, some people, some people are on the less nice side of things. And so uh, you might be a draw two person where you just like to make people pay for it. Um, some of you, you're pretty crazy, right? Like to live life 
like find the edge, you like a lot of colors. Maybe you like outdoor safaris. I don't know, but maybe like the wild card. You know what I mean? So there's the wild card. That was going to take a while for people to get, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, and then we have, we have this one right here, right? This is if like you're really not nice, okay? You're not nice, but you're trying to win, okay? So you're competitive. Some people already called out their favorite, but that's okay. We're not going to sing like Draw four one, right? But here's my personal favorite, okay? Here's my personal favorite. The Uno reverse card, okay? The Uno reverse card, bam. I mean, you like, you slapped that one down. The game was going in total one direction, and now it's going totally opposite direction, right? And so you'll actually notice I have an Uno retro deck here, right? So some of you, that brings back some nostalgia. Uh, but I like the Uno Reverse because it's the one that has the R on it. It's not the arrows. And so I just, I think the Uno Reverse is, is it's a great card, okay? Because it really shakes things up. Now, uh, you're like, why are we talking about that? But that's okay. Uh, you know, sometimes in life, right, you like see things happen and then it, it totally turns around. And I look at those things and I'm like, man, they just pulled the Uno Reverse card. It's a cool thing. Now today, uh, we are actually in week two of our new series entitled A New Way as we continue to travel throughout the book of Matthew in the New Testament. And last week, we talked about how at this time of the year, everyone is looking to do what? They're looking to make changes, right? Changes in our lives. And the truth is that a lot of people over the past year and a half to two years have been looking to, to change their lives because of everything that's gone on in the world. Many people see the way that their lives are headed and they wish or they want or they're looking for a different way of life, right? Like a better way, a way forward, maybe a new way, right? And, and that they want to know how their life can be changed for the better. And last week we learned that there was a man who brought a different way, a better way, a fuller way, and his name was Jesus. That in fact, when Jesus came onto the pages of history, he came as God and an already prophesied about Savior King who was ready to willingly give his life for his people so that they could enter into his kingdom, so that they could experience a changed life for the better, should they choose to follow this new way. And so in chapters one and two, right, Matthew explained to us that Jesus, he came from a messy family. He came from a messy family line, and he also explained to us the unexpected yet extremely humble way in which Jesus came into the world as a baby on that first Christmas night. Then, last week, we saw his royal treatment as he was visited as a toddler by, by these magi or these eastern kings who, who gifted him with all these beautiful and ornate gifts, right? And so we remember that. Well, after that story takes place, what actually happens is that Jesus' dad, Joseph, is warned in a dream by God through an angel that their life was in danger, that Jesus' life was in danger, and that he must take his wife and adopted son and escape to Egypt, which they did until it was safe for them to return back to the land of Israel, where they finally settled in Nazareth. Now you say, Cooper, that is a lot of unexpected moving around for an impoverished little family. And you, you would be right in saying so. But aren't they lucky that some wealthy kings came and visited the crib of their little toddler and brought precious perfumes, oils, and gold right before they had to leave? Now, this is a little bit of conjecture, but I think it's really cool because I think in a way God was providing for their lives before they even knew what they were going to need those things for. We talked about the significance of what those symbolized, but there might have even been a practical use for them to be able to provide for Jesus' little family as they moved all around the place. And I just think it's so true that when God has a plan for your life, and he does, he will provide for it even when you don't know what's coming. 
And so if you have a Bible with you, that's awesome. You can go ahead and open that up. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 3 today. We're going to start with verses 1 through 6. If you've got a phone, that's great. If you want to look up here on the screen, that's awesome too. But here's what we're going to do, right? So Matthew, uh, in in chapter 3, he is going to go ahead and do a time jump of about 27 years, and he's going to open it up with introducing a new character into the story. And so the title of my message today is A Voice. A voice. Okay, look at the person next to you and say, hey, I like your voice. That's nice of you all to say. Great job. Great job. Yes, very good. Now, wow, you guys, any excuse to talk? No, it's okay. I'm just, that's a joke. Matthew 3, Matthew 3, verse 1. Here's what it says. It says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. So here we go, right? We have this guy. We have this guy that people knew back then as John the Baptizer, right? You've you've heard him as John the Baptist, right? But that's because he was the Baptizer. He was baptizing people, and this is what he was known for. But John, he was a wild man, okay? This dude was a sight to behold, like super wild. If he was playing Uno, what's his favorite card? The Wild. Yes, you get that, right? Like he could have he could have his own exhibit over at the Wild because he was like a pretty gruff, crazy looking dude, and uh, he 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 was uh, he was the kind of person was kind of like a hermit, right? Like he was this hermit character and he was living out in the wilderness and he's, he's wearing clothes made out of animal hair, camel's hair, right? And he's literally eating bugs dipped in honey. And it's just like, it's kind of a weird and crazy thing, right? Like if you saw someone like this, you probably wouldn't want to like go hang out with the person, right? So we actually have a picture of John, which is pretty amazing. We have a picture of John. There's John, right? There's John. That's, no, that's, that's Tom Hanks, but that's Tom. But we do, we do have a picture of John. Here's John. This is probably what John was like. He's like this old... Old hermit, desert character, no, it's Obi-Wan, but that's okay. So, look at there were no pictures back then, so you, there's no pictures. But, but John, he was, he was that kind of character, right? He looked like a crazy man who was just living out, but people knew who he was, and they knew where he was, right? And so, uh, he was the kind of guy today um, that, again, you probably wouldn't want to be around. Like, some people, they still try and pull off this character that John was kind of doing, right? Like, you see these people sometimes on street corners with, like, sandwich, sandwich boards over themselves, and they got a speaker, and they're just yelling at everyone, right? And, and a lot of times, people just aren't about that. So, so for some reason, it was different with John the Baptizer. Why was it different with John the Baptizer? Here's why. It's because the character that John is playing is a one-time character, okay? He was playing this character to, to fulfill the prophecy uh, that was spoken about him to prepare for the coming Messiah. John was the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. He was preparing the way for the Lord. 
The reason why John looked, talked, and behaved the way he did was because he was specially chosen by God to fulfill the role of the prophet that would have been familiar to the Jews in the time of Jesus, right? They would have never seen a prophet for themselves because there hadn't been one in over 430 years, okay? But they in their minds knew what one should look, talk, and behave like, and that was John. So people went out to John in the wilderness. Now, why did people go and see crazy old John the baptizer? It's because they had to get ready for their coming Messiah. They had to prepare themselves to meet their coming king. And what did this involve? It involved two things, repentance and baptism. Now, why were those two things necessary? It's because at that point, the Jews hadn't really heard from God, okay? except for that one night, that one Christmas night. But besides that, they hadn't heard from him in 430 years, okay? Jewish people had become lax. They had found loopholes. They, they had figured out and they had learned how to be and act Jewish externally without believing it or being impacted by their identity as God's chosen people internally. Okay, in other words, they knew how to do the law of God without actually living for the law of God. Their Jewish faith had just kind of become their Jewish culture or another identity that some had even figured out how to exploit to, to gain more power for themselves. Their faith wasn't even really real to them anymore. Their actions, their motivations, their hearts, they didn't reflect the fact that they were following an all-loving, all-holy all-powerful God who cared about the poor, powerless, and disenfranchised. So they were living in deep sin with a shallow faith. And John said, repent and be baptized. See, see, John's baptism was not like a Christian baptism the way that we understand baptism today. Baptism was actually a common practice in Jewish culture and in ancient history. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people see it as being something that we just do. That's not the case, okay? It was a thing that happened regularly. And to them, to the Jews back then, it was just a ceremonial, ritualistic way of washing away one's sins. And so they did it often. It would happen a lot. But then John came and he was like, no. We're doing this different now. We're just going to do this thing once. People were not happy. Because John was making and starting something different. This baptism was one of repentance. John's baptism was one of repentance. And it was a means to prepare for something different, something better, something new. So Jews from all of Judea, they would come out into the wilderness and they would confess their sins to God and they would be baptized by John the baptizer because they wanted to be prepared. They wanted to be ready for what was to come next. And John tells us what is coming. He tells us what has come, what is near. He says that Matthew, Matthew records that John's greatest message was to repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And it's amazing how John's baptism, okay, the way that he was doing it, it was still of and under the old covenant way of things between Israel and God. But it bridges us to the new covenant because really John's baptism was a baptism that represented change. 
That's what repentance means, okay? In Hebrew thought, repentance was to change one's direction. And then in Greek thought, it meant that you were changing your thinking. And so it's not about avoiding a certain way. A lot of people think that when you repent, it means I'm, I'm done with all these ways. It's actually more like entering into a new way. It represented change. And so... Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's a total kind of, uh, it's, it's, it's entering into a new way, right? It's that 180 of your entire life. It's like a total about face, right? Where you just turn everything around. Can I see that? I went to Boy State. Now here's the thing. Okay, so it's an about face, right? It's an about face, right? It's, it's literally playing the Uno reverse card on your entire life, right? Where you just, you turn everything a totally, completely different direction where your whole life you've been moving in one direction you've been running away from God and then you play the uno reverse card of life and you turn your life back to God and you enter into his kingdom now John's baptism of repentance this was the uno reverse card for these Jews it got them ready for the coming kingdom of the king of heaven And so Matthew says that John said that the kingdom of heaven had come near, right? It was at hand. So then what is the kingdom of heaven? Well, interestingly enough, Matthew is the only gospel author of the four who uses the term kingdom of heaven. Okay, Mark and Luke, they call it the kingdom of God. And Matthew uses that phrase too, like five times. But Matthew calls it the kingdom of heaven 33 times because he is making a point that he is setting up for the rest of his book. And the word heaven here is not the actual location or place of heaven as we think about it right now. It actually stands for the divine sovereign who rules in heaven, right? The divine king in heaven. In other words, the kingdom of the king who rules in heaven was near. And so John's call for repentance, his call for this preparation was urgent because the Lord was coming quickly. And just like the rest of the Old Testament prophets, John's whole ministry was pointing to the one who was greater than anyone who would come before. In verse 11, he says this. He says, uh, oh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. But in verse 11, he says this, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me, comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Because all the prophets of the Old Testament, they were looking forward. They were pointing toward and making preparation for the king of all kings to come. Because when he came, he was going to bring his kingdom with him. And life in the world would be changed forever. So John was preparing for the new way of King Jesus. And then in Matthew uh, 3, verse 13, if you want to go there, we'll read uh, through 17. Uh, Matthew keeps going. And he says this, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love with him. I am well 
pleased. So, after all John had been preaching about and making preparations for, one day, a Galilean, right from Nazareth, this carpenter who was born in Bethlehem, Jesus. He comes to the Jordan River to be baptized by his cousin, John the Baptizer. And John looks at him, and he's like, what? What are you doing, man? You're kind of like, we're all doing this whole baptizing thing to prepare for you. This is kind of my whole shtick right now. And you're coming into this, and you're messing it all up. You're making me look bad. He doesn't want to actually baptize Jesus. He didn't think he needed to be baptized Jesus. So he's asking him, why are you getting baptized? You don't need to be baptized. I need to be baptized by you. What are you doing? And now the crowd, the crowd of onlookers who's there, they don't know what's going on. They're like, who is this guy? Why is John like not wanting to baptize him? What's going on here? Because no one knows who Jesus is at this point. And Jesus told John that it was a good thing that he be baptized because it was to fulfill all righteousness. See, in the section that we jumped over there that we didn't read out loud, there's this exchange that goes on between John and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, right? And the Pharisees, they're there, and they're all critical of what John's doing because that was kind of all they did all the time, right? And they're like, you can't do this. It's not about just getting baptized once. You got to do it all the time. So they're being all critical and judgy, right? And then, and then John's like, you guys are the reasons why we have to do this in the first place because of the way that you guys are acting. And then, and then Jesus is the one who comes to John and asks for his baptism of repentance. And John the baptizer baptized he who knew no sin and had nothing to repent of, right? I mean, think about it. John, John is seeing Jesus walk toward him, and he's like, man, this is it. I'm about to be baptized by God in the flesh. And then what does Jesus do? Hits him with the Uno reverse card. And then Jesus is baptized by John. Why? Jesus said to fulfill all righteousness, in which that means to carry out or accomplish the mission of God. And Jesus did so. Here's the question. Why was Jesus baptized? And I'll tell you, there's three reasons I think that I, I kind of summed it up in that Jesus needed to be baptized. There's a lot of reasons, but the first one is this, identification, okay? Identification, we'll explain all these. Number two, exemplification. It's a big word, don't worry about it. Exemplification. And then number three, ordination, which is interesting. And so we'll talk about that right now. So the first one is this, identification. When Jesus is baptized by John, what he is doing is he is fully identifying himself with humanity, and more importantly, the sin of humanity. He completely identified with mankind's fallenness and failure, even though he himself was sinless and in need of no repentance. But it was his fully identifying with humanity which allowed him to serve as our substitute on the cross. He died in our place by being the one who knew no sin, who became sin on the cross so that you and I could become the righteousness of God. So, so, so that we could be included in the mission of God to save and redeem those who are lost. So identification. The second one is this, exemplification. 
What does that mean, okay? Exemplification, it just means to show or to illustrate by setting an example. Jesus was both showing support for what John was doing as well as he was illustrating that this public declaration, this public show of one's faith and obedience to God was a good and necessary act. He was setting the example for all of his followers that when you too experience repentance on the inside, when you play the Uno reverse card of life and turn back to God inwardly by placing your faith in him, your next step of obedience, that a way in which you can, as John says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. What does that mean? That just means that the way in which you can show by your life, by your actions, that what has happened on the inside, that you have repented, is real, is by being obedient to going public with your faith, going public with your allegiance to God and your commitment to living in a new way. But the way in which you can do that is by being baptized as a believer as one who makes the decision for yourself, that you too are now called to accomplish the mission that God has for you. And we have baptisms coming up, folks. February 26th, if you are someone who has turned your life to God, you've raised your hand, you've prayed a prayer, you wanna play the Uno reverse card of life today and accept the invitation to repent and to turn to God, you can fill out the Connect card or you can sign up on Church Center. But here's what I'll tell you. Don't miss the opportunity to follow Jesus' example of being baptized by immersion after having made the decision for yourself to be a part of God's mission. Okay, so the third third reason is this, ordination. Okay, last reason is ordination. What is ordination? Okay, we have an ordination service coming up, January 29th. It's for this guy. doesn't matter. Now, here's the thing. There's actually, there's two or three places in the Bible where you can actually take the Greek word uh, that we translate for ordain and translate it as ordain. So it happens about two or three times, okay? And and the Greek word is poeo. Everybody say poeo. Sounds funny, yeah. And so it's best translated as to a point. And we actually see this word occur like over 580 times in the New Testament. So it happens a lot, right? But to actually translate it as to ordain only happens like two or three times, okay? And really, all that, all, all that is happening when someone is ordained is that they are being appointed. They are being appointed as one who has been called and seen as qualified for public vocational ministry, okay? And so the ordination ceremony itself doesn't really like confer any special power, right? It, it doesn't, it simply gives public recognition of God's choice of leadership. And so the baptism, ready, in the Jordan River served as Jesus's ordination for his public ministry. What was made clear to all of those watching was that Jesus was the Messiah that John had been preparing everyone for, that Jesus had been called by his Father in heaven to serve him publicly, knowing that it was going to cost him a lot of pain and suffering, and eventually his own life. And it also meant that Jesus was the Christ, okay? And Christ, Christ means the anointed one. And and then so in this beautiful moment, right, we see in scripture as Jesus comes out of the water, 
We see, we see for one of these, the, the biggest and most clear times in Scripture, the triune God on full display. That God is not just one person, but that he is three persons in one God, right? We see, we see God the Son, Jesus, be baptized. And he comes up out of the water, and then heaven is opened. And then God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, descends, or it alights on Jesus, right? And what the Holy Spirit is doing there is effectively anointing Jesus for the ministry that he is starting on that day. And then we hear the Father calling down from heaven, seeing the humble obedience of his Son and approving of his readiness to begin his ministry as the long-awaited-for Christ. When he says, this is my Son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. This is the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. This is the sending of the Son of God to preach the gospel and to teach about the kingdom of heaven, which has now come through his life and in his ministry. This was the start of a new way of life for any who would choose to turn from their own way and to turn to follow Jesus into his different way, his better way, his new way in the kingdom of heaven. So today, I ask you, where are you? Right? Where are you right now? Some of you are like, I'm in a church, right? You're in your house, you're in your car, you're in a gray seat with a red carpet under your feet. Like, this is, like that's where we are, right? But, but you have just heard how to start on a new way of life for yourself, right? So where are you right now with that? And you might be in a couple of places. You might be someone who is just hearing for the first time that you have the ability to turn your life around, to play the uno reverse card of life and to turn back to God through repentance. You've been living your whole life in a different direction away from him, trying to figure it out on your own. And you're ready to just not anymore. That it's time to turn because you realize and you believe that Jesus died for you. He died for your sins because he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. And it's funny. You know why it's funny? Because Jesus plays the Uno reverse card for himself. Because he did die. And he was laid in a tomb for three days. Then Uno reverse card back to life on the third day. Defeating sin and death once and for all. So that you and I could have the ability and the choice to repent for ourselves and be forgiven of our sins. So for some of you, today is the day, right? So if you haven't come to, G- come to Jesus and stepped into his kingdom by making him the king of your life, I'll give you the opportunity to do so in just a moment. But maybe, maybe you have done that. Maybe you've done that, you've done it before. You did it a long time ago. Maybe you do it for like 20 years. Uh, but you have never taken the next step of demonstrating your obedience to God by taking that next step of being baptized as a believer by immersion. That is your next step. If you haven't signed up for it, I don't know why you'd wait any longer, right? And so uh, maybe you've done both of those things already. You've, re- you've repented and you've been baptized. And if that's you, I want to talk specifically to you because I want you to recognize something. You have been called to ministry. And I know that because God has given you a voice. I love it, this chapter, it starts and it ends with a voice, right? It starts with a voice declaring the coming of a kingdom, a a voice preparing people for the Messiah's arrival, a voice of a man in the wilderness, and then it ends with another voice, a voice from heaven, a voice declaring that this man, Jesus, is not just a man, but he's a son. He is the son of God, he is God, and that that voice, 
The voice of our heavenly father loves his son Jesus and is pleased with all who he is. And if you've never heard it before, this is how he feels about all of his children. Regardless of what you have done or what you do with your life, this is how he feels about you. That if you truly repent in your heart and you turn back to God, you are adopted into his family. You're adopted in the family of God and he looks at you no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you choose to do with your voice or with the gifts that he has given you, no matter how far you fall into sin. And he says, this is my daughter. This is my son whom I love. With her, with him, I am well pleased because of what my son Jesus did on the cross. But here's what I'll say. God did give you a voice. And he gave it to you to use to build his kingdom wherever you go. To build his kingdom by declaring that the king has come and that he is coming back any minute. So the time is short. He gave you a voice so that you could accomplish his mission here on earth. He gave you a voice to be heard. So let me ask you the question. How are you going to use your voice? Ask yourself the question. How am I going to use my voice, are you going to build his kingdom? Because here is the thing about the kingdom of heaven, right? It's already come in the life of Jesus. And over the next couple of months, we're gonna learn about and we're gonna talk more about how it works and how it's set up and how we get to live in it now. But it's also that the kingdom of heaven has not yet fully been realized on earth. It's not fully here yet. It hasn't fully come down and it won't until Jesus comes back again to rid the world of all evil. We live in this place right now in this age called the already not yet, where our king has already come and given us the instructions on how to build his kingdom. He's given us his Holy Spirit so that we have the ability to bring the kingdom wherever we go, like Jesus, but that the kingdom is not all that the world knows yet. That not yet has Jesus returned with his kingdom to rid the world, the earth, of sin and to make all things new. And you would say, well, Cooper, why not? What is the guy waiting for? And I would tell you, you and I both know plenty of people who have not repented. Who have not played the Uno reverse card of life. And so God, in his grace, allows more time for us to either repent for ourselves and know that we will be with him in his kingdom for eternity, or to be a voice crying out in this dark world that there is a God who came to earth and died because he loved us enough to not see us separated for eternity, that he came and made a way for us to experience in this dark, broken, and messed up world a better life, a fuller life, a changed life, a new life, should we choose to follow him on his new way, because his way is different, but it's better. It's a new way. So what do you say? How are you going to use your voice? I would encourage you to use it to build, to build others up with words of love, grace, encouragement, and truth, because that will build the kingdom 
wherever you go. That is how you will see those that are closest to you decide to play the Uno reverse card of life and to repent and to turn to our loving and perfect God. He gave you a voice for him. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. God, that you, you sent your son to die for us. God, we thank you that you've given us a voice. God, we thank you that every day that we get on this earth, God, is a new opportunity to, if we haven't, to turn our lives to you. God, and to, to confess our sins, God, and to repent and, and to turn our lives to, to the God who gave his life for us. But God, that every other day is just another day. God, that we can declare that this is possible, that this is real, that this is true for those who are closest to us. God, those who, who we love, who have not taken that step in placing their faith in you. God, I pray that you, you would make opportunities for us, God, that you would open doors for us to step through, to be able to build your kingdom by building others up with our words, through love, through encouragement, God, through grace. Lord, Lord, give us the opportunity, give us the courage and the confidence to do those things, to use our voice. Because God, we know that in those moments, it's not ultimately us, but God, it is your Holy Spirit within us speaking, leading, God, encouraging and saving other people's souls. God, help us to be on a mission here, to be a part of the mission that you you have given us on this earth. God, to ultimately, to make your kingdom more crowded for eternity by bringing others along with us. Lord, I pray that you would uh, bless the rest of the service, God, that you would bless these people. God, and that you would help them to use their voice by sharing the gospel with so many others. Love, respect. Lord, let everything we do be done for you because you are our king. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen.